may be seated tonight. Praise God. So good to be back in the presence of the Lord with you fine folks. Amen. Family. Look around and say, hey, you're family. Amen. I remember you when I got here. Praise God. And we have had some additions through the years. And we're a part of God's family. Uh, the treat tonight is uh, we're going to be having Brother Travis Morgan preach. You go ahead and stand, Brother Morgan. Brother Morgan is a business owner. He is a father. He is a husband. He's a Christian. He's a child of God. He's licensed minister. And he's anointed. His wife is expecting. She's due probably in the next, what, few weeks, three or four weeks, four weeks, maybe sooner. You know how it is. <laughs> Amen. And they already have several uh, small children. And we're delighted that he's ministering here tonight. So would you, would you welcome our dear friend and brother, minister, laborer in the gospel, Brother Travis Morgan. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. The sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. I am so excited to be here tonight. I'm encouraged myself already by the word that's coming forth. You know, when I look out in the audience, I see precious people. I see people that the Lord have, has handpicked himself. He has taken you out of darkness and has brought you into the, his marvelous light. He has brought you into a kingdom and has given you authority, power, and relationship with him. If God or when God chooses to bless us, he does not need to go to a committee for permission. He doesn't have to have a meeting first to bless you. When he decides to bless you, he will do it and you shall be blessed. The word of God declares to us that all of the promises in God are yes and amen in him. And our God cannot lie. God has given me a word for tonight. We're entering into a time of fasting and prayer. Fasting is, is, is it's, <laughs> that word sometimes is, is mind-boggling because, man, I love my food. I know you do too. But when God himself leads a people into fasting and prayer, you best believe it that God is going to do miracles in our lives. Something is going to happen. Our sacrifice is not going to be in vain. God has ordered us into this fasting and prayer. And we're going to do it because the grace of God is going to be upon us to accomplish this fast. Praise the Lord. If we could turn our Bibles to the book of Matthew. Um, chapter 14. Starting from verse 13 through 16. And in, in this scripture is where I find my assignment for tonight. When you have found it, please say amen so I know. If you have not find it, found it, say wait. All right. Praise God. This scripture in verse 13 
Matthew chapter 14, verse 13 is the first scripture, the first verse we're going to read. Right before this, Herod, it says that Herod took John the Baptist and killed him, beheaded him. And John the Baptist, his disciples got his body, buried him, and then came to Jesus, our Lord, and gave him the report of what happened. And now the story starts from there. It says, when Jesus heard of it, what I just told you, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people have heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. What a mighty God we serve. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place. And the time is now cut, now past, it's late. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves vickles or food. But Jesus said unto them, here are the master's orders. They need not depart. And here it is where we end. He says, give ye them to eat. He commanded the blessing to the ministers or the servants or the waiters and charged them and gave, and, and, and gave them authority to be conduits of the blessing and said, you go and feed them. I want to preach to you from this point and encourage us prophetically from this title. A matter of fact, declare it to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor and say this, you need not depart. Come on, turn to your neighbor with, with passion and conviction and says, you need not depart. Why? Because help is on the way. Tell your neighbor, help is on the way. No matter what you're going through in life, no matter the circumstances or the situation, help is on the way. The need is coming and the need is a person and his name is Jesus Christ. And he sees you and he hears you. And help is on the way. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We have just left a time of intense spiritual warfare. And before I even move on, I want to thank God for leadership. I want to thank God for Pastor Kyle who's faithful to the ministry, a man of God, a pastor of pastors. I want to thank God for Pastor Sapp and his teachings and his sacrifice. This man has written the foundations of life classes. How many of you here um, wrote, wrote a book, much less read one? <laughs> this man took time out of his busy life to write down what God has given us for us to learn and to grow in Christ. We thank you for that. Thank you so much. Nevertheless, being a man of God, 
being a church of God does not remove us from trials. It does not remove us from testing. Many of us in here could look back and, and, record, and, and recall the pressure, the intimidation, the failures, the embarrassments that we have been through after being saved. And like I was saying before, our church has just left an intense time of spiritual warfare. I did say leave because it's over. And now God is leading us now to a new place, a new level in him. Every time we go through intense warfare, it serves a purpose. God does not allow his children to be buffeted or touched without having a plan in mind. God has heard your prayers and heard my prayers when we said, God, Jesus, I want to be used by you. Jesus, I want to bear much fruit. I want to be a man of God, a woman of God. I want the gifts of the Spirit to work in my life. He heard you. So he allowed the purging to happen. He allowed the trials to happen in your life. He allowed things that you can't explain to happen because the works of God are unsearchable. We will never, there's some things in this walk with God that we will never fully understand. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 8 tells us that. That even when a wise man says that he understands the things of God, he doesn't. Now that's encouraging. Because now that allows me to rest in him. When I can't figure out what's going on in my life, but knowing that I'm saved and knowing that, that I'm his child, I could rest in him saying to myself, Travis, there are certain things you can't understand. But I do know that God says that he knows the thoughts he has towards me. And it's not thoughts of evil, but it's peace and watch this, an expected end. God has an end in mind for you and for me. When we go through trials, the end is peace and hope. If we can learn just to hold on, we will see that come to pass. So we're here now in this in this scripture, I love this scripture. When I, when I read it the first time, I, I knew that this, this verse or these verses were for us. I, I know with all my heart that everyone in here, this word is, is I'm going to touch you, encourage you, and give you strength. It says this again. We're in Matthew 14, 13 through 16. It says, when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot. I want to pause there and to bring out something. Jesus left because he wanted to get away, maybe to, to, to just get over what happened with John. He loved John the Baptist. He was ministering for, for a long time and he said, you know what? I need a break. I'm going to go away. And he went on a ship, he said, it says, and he crossed over the lake. The people now who knew of Jesus and heard his teachings and saw the miracles that he has done were desperate for him and passionate about him. And it says, the Bible says stuff, and if, if we read slowly, we will see some nuggets. It says they followed him on foot. It takes a passionate 
zealous people to leave the comfort of the cities to go and follow a man by foot. They had to walk. Now, I could picture Jesus on the lake sailing across, and the lake was a circle, the Sea of Galilee. And I could see them looking as they're walking, saying, do, do you see him? Okay, come on, keep on walking. Walking and tired and going after Jesus. And when I see our church, the sanctuary, I know you guys. And I see a people that are willing to go on foot to follow Jesus. I see a people right now before me who don't care about the things of this world. All you want to know is what God has to say about your life and about yourself. I see a people before me who has passion and faith and believes in the one God of the universe. I see a people who have learned to trust God and have learned not to lean on their own understanding, but to acknowledge him in all of our ways. And we know that he will direct our path. And that's why this scripture hits home. This is us. We are the people now going after Jesus. No matter what's going on, look at this. It says that, not only did they leave on foot, but they left the cities. You see, the cities represents the familiar. It represents com comfort. In the cities, they had shops and they lived there and friends and family. But they were willing to leave the known. They were willing to leave behind the things that they could understand. To follow a man that they were figuring out. But they had a feeling that, that this man wasn't just a regular man. That there was something about this Jesus. There was something about him that I needed. I need more of him. David said it this way. One thing have I desired and that will I seek after. That's what they did. They left the familiar. And we are people here who are willing to leave the familiar. And leave our families. And leave our jobs and whatever it may be. Not, not really leaving physically. But emotionally, we're saying, we love you. You stay here. Let me go and, and find Jesus. And when I find him, I'm going to come back and encourage you. That's the church that I see before me today. God is a good God. And there's a blessing. You see, the people that goes after God in that way are the people that receive the blessing. I believe that God's blessing are hid behind passion, patience, and faith. Although his blessings are available to all of us in the world, not everyone receives the blessings of God. Not everyone receives the Holy Ghost. Is that true? It takes a person that tarries and, and acts for the Holy Ghost and pursues God to be filled. That's filled. And I believe that that principle goes along with everything else. There's a certain people, the remnant, that receives God in a way that no one else could ever understand. And I believe that we're, we're, we're heading that way. But what do you do when the life giver, when the God of all flesh leads you to a desert place? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. What do we do when God leads us to a dry place? Because we have a picture of a God that's going to just 
rain down blessings on us all the time. But sometimes God will lead you in the desert. It's a principle that we see throughout all the Bible. When he was leading Israel, his people, the multitude again, out of bondage. And he told them the promise, I'm going to give you a land filled with milk and honey. What did he do? He led them through the waters and led them to a desert place. A place filled of wildebeests. A place with no road map, no street lights, no order per se. A place where you're, you feel ignorant. You don't know how to operate in this atmosphere. God, where are you taking me? I'm following you. The tabernacle where God meets man, right? I'm following, I'm following you, Lord. But I don't know where I'm going. I'm walking by faith. But God, I'm in a desert place. It's the same with Jesus himself. The blueprint for all mankind. God in flesh. After he was baptized by John the Baptist. And there was a great witness in that, a, 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 a miraculous event. What was next? It said that the spirit of God led him into the wilderness. To be tempted. And sanctuary, people of God, God is leading us now into a desert place. Next Tuesday, the 1st of October, God himself is leading us to the unknown. Relieving the familiar. God has heard your prayers. God has remembered the prophecies over this church, over your life. And God says, okay, it's time to answer now. I'm going to lead you now. But I'm leading you into a desert place. The Bible says when Jesus went into the wilderness, it was to fast and pray. It says that he, he, he left into the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. And that's going to be us. Because to accomplish this fast, we're, we are going to need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Especially me. <laughs> We're going to need God's grace and his power to turn down our plate, to turn off everything and to focus on the life giver. It takes energy. It takes focus to follow after God. But God said, I'm going to do it for you. If you say yes to me, I'm going to give you the power to do this, the grace. And I'm going to lead you into a desert place. But the good thing about the desert I learned something. I learned something through meditation and, and, and studying and turning it over and over my head. The desert is God's classroom. You see, in the desert is where we learn who God is. It's where he manifests himself because we're no longer in the familiar. We're no longer leaning on what we know or who we know. Our culture is put to the side. The way we do things are put to the side. It's in the wilderness is where we get the laws of God. No more on tables of stones, but now on the tablets of our hearts. It's where God talks to us and leaves an imprint of his nature inside of us. Because before anything manifests in the physical realm, his promises, he first does a work inside of his people. That's why the first piece of furniture that God gave Moses to build was the Ark of Covenant. 
He said, cultivate my presence first and work from the inside out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will rain down my direction. I will speak to you. The Bible says that the word of God is like rain. It comes down. And it will accomplish what it was sent to do. In the wilderness, he rains down manna. He's the only God that I know that rains bread. Rain is usually liquid, right? But God says, no, I, I beat all that. What you think it is, is not. I'm going to rain down manna. I'm going to rain down quail and feed you in a way that you have never even thought of before. These are the things that we learn in a desert place. Do not despise the days of small things, God is saying today. It may seem a small thing fasting one meal a day. It may seem small because we have done it for so many years. But now it's different this time. Now we're being led out of controversy, out of, out of affliction into a, a desert place. And it's by the Lord doing in Jesus' name. Give God a praise. Thank you. God is good. When people corporately seek God, it inspires him to action. The Bible says in verse, the same scripture, I believe is verse 14. It says, and Jesus went forth when he saw the people. He went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed a man of God once told me about a vision he had. He said that he saw God on a balcony looking down at the people who just made it out the earth. And he had tears in his eyes. And the people had tears in their eyes and he, and he was wiping their face. And this is what I see, Pastor Sapp, in this scripture. When, when, when it says that Jesus went forth. Look at the wording. Jesus went forth like a king. He stepped forth and he saw the great multitude. And it says when he saw them, here was his motivation. Here was his attitude. Compassion. There's some here who feel like God is not hearing your prayers. Hallelujah. There's some here you've been praying for years. 15 years, 20 years and no answer. And you say, maybe God doesn't hear me. Maybe God is mad at me. Maybe, you know, I did too much wrong in my life or I'm not spiritual enough. I'm going to tell you something. When God looks at you from heaven, looking down on his people, he has a feeling of compassion for you. God loves you. You might be saying, people don't think that way. People don't think that God has compassion. People know, we know. Check this out. If we could turn to Isaiah 49, verse 13 through 15, I want to show you something. And after we, we read the last verse, I want you to give God a shout. I want you to give God a praise because this is going to wash us. It's going to wash our minds, wash our hearts, our souls. And we're going to see God in the right light in Jesus' name. It says, Isaiah 49, verse 13, sing, O heavens. And be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. 
But Zion said, who's Zion? The church, us. The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Before we get mad at Zion, at people for saying that, this is so common. In this room right now, there are some of us who feel this way. We may not say it out loud, verbally, breaking the sound barrier, but in our thinking, in our imaginations, we feel this way, that God has forgotten me and that my problems are not important to him. Maybe I just need to just, just go to church and live the way I live and accept where I am in life. But here is God's response to you and to me today, to Zion. He says, I love these questions. Can a woman forget her sucking child? That she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? He says, yea, they may forget. Yet will I not forget thee. Give God a praise. Hallelujah. God says, I will not forget you. I remember every prayer you have prayed. All of your tears I've saved. And that point in time is coming. God has not forgotten you. He remembers. Hallelujah. He remembers. He sees your affliction. He sees your pain. He even sees your doubt. And he sees that your doubt has not led you away from him. But even more into him. And God is pleased with faith. Praise the Lord. God says, I have not forgotten you. For those of you who have heard God and written down things God have said, God says, I remember the vision. I remember, though it tarries, it shall come to pass. Though it tarries, it shall come to pass. You've been asking God, how long, Lord? God says, the time is for me to know. But you, go tarry and wait. Hallelujah. God is coming. He remembers your husband. He remembers your wife. He remembers your children. He has promised you to save. And our salvation, who he is, shall manifest himself. He is our salvation. He is our salvation. Hallelujah. And we know him and he knows us. That's the good news. Jesus took action and supernaturally healed the people when compassion came upon him. But there's something that happened after that that I want to close with. Like I want to emphasize close because I want us to pray. I want us to have the energy. I know it's Wednesday and, and we're tired. So I want us to have the energy to come up and pray together because our fast starts next week. Amen? So I want to bring out this point. And as I'm reading it, you yourself, read it on the screen and meditate on it for yourself. And, and, and get new revelations for yourself. And bring it home if you can pray about it. And, and be encouraged in the word of God. Hallelujah. It says in 15, and when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place. And the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. Now, when we read this initially, you could 
look at the disciples and say, what are you talking about? This is Jesus. Because we know the end of the story. But actually, I found out something. This is the way we think. We come to church, and this message is only, I would only preach this here. Because I know that you guys have a heart for God. Because I'm going to talk about material things. And I know here, I know you, that we love God more than material. I know that. So I want to say this because sometimes we feel that God is only concerned with the spiritual need. And that he's not able or concerned to meet our natural need. Like a job. Simple things like that. Like food. When was the last time, I heard stories in the past, but have you ever done this before? Maybe in the past when you had no money at all. Set the table with no food in the fridge. Get the kids ready and sit down and say, honey, dinner's coming. And the kids will say, but, but mommy or daddy, the, there's no food in the fridge. And you're so full of faith, you'll answer, God will supply. And you set the table and, and, and you boil some water to show the, you know, the, the vision of food cooking. And you sit down and you'll pray and say, God, we trust you. We know that nothing is too hard for you, Jesus. That you're able to make food appear in our plates. God, we need you right now. We humble ourselves before you. And before you could say amen, there was a knock on the door. And you ran to the door. Who's that? Who? Is, that is that the postman? It's too late. And you go to the door and it's your neighbor or, or a church brother or sister that said, God spoke to me and told me to bring you this. And this food for your family. God wants us to get back to that. God wants us to believe him for the impossible. And I believe during this fast, it's going to happen. Our hearts are going to be purified. And, and we're going to have childlike faith again. That's what we need in this generation. Childlike faith. To believe God for even creative miracles. People walk in with one leg and we're so, so passionate for God that we'll say, don't worry about that. God can heal you and lay hands on them in the name of Jesus. And a leg just comes out because God is the creator of our bodies. And God is able to do all things. And that's the lesson in this story. That God, Jesus is God. He wants to show them that I am Lord and that I'm able to do all things. God doesn't want us to believe for some things, but all things. So many times I've seen people stressed, silent frustrations, discontentment, all these things. They leave the church. They depart. They leave because they feel like God is not interested in supplying this need. Maybe it's a job and they have aspirations uh, to be something and it's not working out the way they want it to work out. And they say, this church thing is not working for me. Let me depart and go. Maybe you're single and you've been praying for, for a husband or a wife. And you've been in church so long and it's not happening. You say, you know what, this is not working for me. Let me go and depart. Go back into the world where they're more sociable or whatever it may be. But today God is telling us through the Holy Ghost, you do not need to depart. He told the ministers 
to feed the people. I am so glad that God uses men, earthen, earthen vessels, to do great things. He says, what I'm going to do in the sanctuary, I'm going to do it through you. I'm going to do it through the ministers. You thought I meant up here, right? No, you, ministers of the Most High God. You, everyone in here, from the babies to the adults. God has called you to be a waiter in his restaurant. A waiter's job is to get the food and serve the people. That's all you have to do. Get the food and serve the people. Get the food and serve. Don't worry about ability. Do not worry about education or resources or experience. God says if you come to me and not depart, if you set your face to seek my face, not my hand, my face, my presence, he's going to make you what he needs you to be. God's going to fill you again with the Holy Ghost. Fill me again with the baptism of the Holy Spirit during this fast in our rooms, in our private closet, in our secret place. God's going to fill us. And when we get up, we're going to have the food. We're going to have the bread and the water to serve the people of Palm Beach County. God wants to do a miracle through you. Not only to you, but through you. Please stand. Hallelujah. Praise God. There is no need to depart from Jesus. Um, praise team, please come up. We're going to pray together. Whatever you have in mind, if you're struggling in your mind, if you're struggling at work, if you're struggling to find your identity, there's one source, and his name is Jesus Christ. And our Lord is going to satisfy us. He's a life-giving God. If there's problems or issues in your marriage, God is able to heal your marriage. No matter how stubborn that man may be, praise God, and we could be stubborn. No matter how disrespectful that woman may be, and sometimes women can be. God says, the man and the woman is mine. Praise God. And I'm able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you may ask or think. Through the power that works where? In you. I believe that God wants to change us first from the inside. Praise the Lord. If you all could come up, please. Hallelujah. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. Hallelujah. In Matthew 16, a few chapters down, Jesus spoke to his disciples. They forgot bread again. <laughs> the third time they forgot bread. And Jesus heard their conversation about forgetting the bread. And here's his words to them. In verse, chapter 16, verse 6, it says, Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. You're probably saying, what does that do anything? He said this to them because he, because he said that they did, they did not remember 
what he did with the 5,000. That same scripture we read today in 14. He says the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees was doctrine. Leaven and bread, when you put leaven and bread, a small amount, it begins to work in the dough, in the lump. And quickly expands and, and, and infiltrates the whole lump. And the whole bread or lump becomes leavened with leaven. He said that the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees was leaven. What is this doctrine? What did the Pharisees and the Sadducees teach about Jesus? They teach or believe that he wasn't God. That he wasn't able, pretty much. No matter what he did, they spread the doctrine that this man is not able. And he told them, don't let that doubt, that leaven, enter into your heart. Don't let that doctrine, as we're fasting and praying, do not let the leaven or doctrine of doubt enter into your heart or your mind. Because God wants us to finish this course. And the enemy, the Sadducee, the Pharisee, in the spirit is going to come to you and, and try to plant seeds or teachings of doubt. And I'm warning you from now and warning myself in Jesus Christ not to entertain it. God is able. He is able. Whatever re request you make to him, God is able. Not only able, but able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you may ask or think. Can we please hold hands? We're going to pray. Hallelujah. This prayer requires connection. When the body is not together, we're dismembered, right? But when we touch, we are remembered. Back together again. And the blood flows in the body. This is the last Wednesday before our fasting and prayer. And we're going to pray a prayer of strength for us. As brothers and sisters of, uh, in Christ, we're going to pray that God will help us to finish this course. As we go into the desert place, we're going to pray that God will keep us and satisfy us in the desert. He said he's able to make rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. He's able to cause water to flow in the desert. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water in the desert place. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your word, Lord. Your infallible word, Lord Jesus. We will not depart from you, Lord. But we know that all things are possible if we only believe in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we humble ourselves before you today. And we ask you for grace. We ask you for grace for the journey. Strength, Lord God, for this wilderness experience. Teach us your law. Hallelujah. Reveal yourself, Lord God, even more in the wilderness. Let your presence, Lord God, hallelujah, saturate our homes, our children's bedrooms, hallelujah, our bedrooms, the kitchen, the backyard, hallelujah, whatever we are, God, saturate it with your presence.
because we need you. We know, God, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. And we bind together as an army. We bind together, Lord, as your children, as the great multitude. And we follow after you, Lord. On foot, we follow after you, Jesus. We leave behind the familiar. We leave behind, Lord God, the comforts of this world. And we follow after you, Lord. And we know, God, that those that believe in you will not be put to shame. Bless us, Lord God. Rain down bread, Lord, yourself. Rain, you are the bread of heaven. Rain down your presence. Rain down your, oh God, you're worthy. Your provision in the name of Jesus. Bless that couple. Bless that child. Bless that single man and woman in the name of Jesus. And make us able ministers of the New Testament. Able ministers of your new covenant, Lord, that you have. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Make us whole. Make us whole. We thank you, Jesus. To Jesus I surrender all to him I freely give and I will ever love and trust him in his service daily live. Say I, I surrender, surrender all. I surrender all. Hallelujah. All. all. Blessed Savior. Come on, can we lift our hands to the Lord to affirm that we surrender? I surrender. I surrender my will. I surrender my way of doing things. I surrender to your lordship. I surrender to your leadership. Hallelujah. Oh, where he leads me, I will follow. Come on, just say that to the Lord. Where he leads me, I We'll go. Oh, yes. Where he leads me, I. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. I'll go with with him. Always. Hallelujah. Come on. Yes, 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 yes. 
Help us to follow you, Lord. Help us to follow you. If I follow you, I will become like you. If I follow you, I will fulfill the calling of God and the purpose, amen, the purpose of God for my very life and existence. Fasting and prayer is never to get you what you want. It's always to position you to get you who you need, who has what you want. David fasted seven days, and he prayed, and he sought the Lord, but he never got what he asked for. What he asked for died. After seven days of fasting, he did not get what he asked for. He did not get what he prayed for, but he got who he needed. And when the child died, David changed his garment. He washed himself. And he went into the house of the Lord and he worshiped. He didn't get what he wanted, but he got who he needed. Lift your hands and say, I need the oh, I need thee. He wants to bless you. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Come on, who do you need? Who do you need? Hallelujah, who do you need? Who does your soul need? Hallelujah, he is our greatest need. Come on, let him determine your need. He knows that we need him. And he has come to supply our need. Tell somebody he's come to supply your need. Are you tired and weary? Are you frustrated and pain? Are you disappointed and depressed? He's come to supply your need. Come on, t- man, tell a man. He's come to supply your need. You think you need stuff. You think you need situations. You think you need the right environment. But what you really need is him. Hallelujah. Because when you lose all things, you can still have it all when you have him. Come on, lift your hands one more time and give thanks to the Lord for his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because it's in Him we live and we move and we have our being. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you tonight. Thank you for being attentive and receiving the word of the Lord. Thank you, Brother Morgan, for being a conduit for the Lord. And I believe I've heard the voice of God here tonight. Amen. I've been encouraged in the Lord. Don't give up on faith and confidence and the calling of God. He hasn't forgotten and He has not forsaken. But we are still in his hand, and he's still leading this ship. Praise the Lord. God bless you, men. We look forward to seeing you there on Friday night. We're going to have some good food, have some good fellowship. Amen. And just a precious time together. Amen. God bless you. And again, we'll see you, the rest of you, on Sunday. Don't forget, you can go to upci.org. Click on events, and you can view the live broadcast of our general conference. God bless you. In Jesus' name.
is there a Sean Mackey in the house? Is there a Sean Mackey in the house? Paging Sean Mackey, please. Sean Mackey, could you please come to first class? Sean Mackey, we need you in first class. 